Welcome to Mox on the Mic, your exclusive look into all things Chattanooga athletics. Here's your host, Chris Goforth. Welcome into this week's edition of Mox on the Mic. It's time to put a bow on a very successful football season uh, for the Chattanooga Mox as uh, UTC finished up with a second-round playoff loss uh, to Furman uh, in the FCS playoffs, but the Mox finish up the season at uh, eight and five overall, went six and two in conference play and uh, won five games on the road this year as well. We got a chance earlier today, as a matter of fact, to catch up with the head coach of the Mox and Rusty Wright. We'll talk with him a little bit about kind of what the immediate future is for Chattanooga football and what's going to happen uh, here over the next couple of weeks leading up to signing day and then on into spring practice. But we also got a chance to talk a little bit about how grueling this 2023 schedule was. And we talked about some individual players too, both guys that will be back next year and some of the guys that we say goodbye to. So here's our conversation with Chattanooga head football coach, Rusty Wright. Coach, appreciate the time, man. Good to uh, good to be able to spend a few minutes with you. Let's let's start with this. Um, congratulations on a little taste of the postseason for you guys. I I think a lot of us felt like you should have been there last year, but you get in this year. How satisfying was it to be able to kind of take that? Uh, what do you want to call it? Taking that next step, so to speak. Well, I mean, it, it's it's good. No question for our program. There's no doubt about that. I mean. It, I think the biggest thing is it shows our kids that you got to keep playing. You got to keep playing all year. You got to, you know, everything we do, do uh, at all points in times during the year matters because you can give yourself an opportunity to continue to play uh, for something meaningful. Even, you know, even if you don't win the conference, even if, uh, you know, things don't seem to go your way to start the year. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing is we learned a little perseverance. We learned a little integrity. We found out the character of some of these young people along the way just because, you know, I mean, we fought some close games in the league and didn't get it done. Uh, but we continued to play and give ourselves an opportunity to continue to play at the end. And then you look up and you find a way to go win a game on the road in the playoffs, which, you know, had never been done here before and, and um, against a good football team. And, you know, give our league a little respect, give ourselves some respect back, and and hopefully it just continues to build in that way, you know, from here on out. Where did this team improve from North Alabama to the playoffs? Well, I just think we, we became a football team. Um, you know, not saying that we weren't uh, early in the year, but I, I think we learned – I think we learned how to rely on each other. I think we learned that it wasn't going to be just an offensive carriage or just a defensive carriage. Um, we had to go play the game as a whole and, and figure out week to week. And I think that's the one thing our coaches did well uh, without having a break in there to figure out what we were doing well all the time or what we needed work on all the time um, of keeping this group together and keeping them moving in one direction. But I think the biggest thing is we just – we learned how to play as a team. Um, it wasn't always uh, pretty, uh, but we figured out, you know, a lot of times how to go make a play when we had to make a play either side of the ball um, and, and figure out ways, you know, to grind out wins on the road, you know, grind out a couple of wins at home. Um, we got to be better at home. There's no question we got to play better at home and win more games at home. But 
I think we became a better football team along the way, just from start to finish and relied on each other, not just, you know, like I said, offensively or defensively, trying to figure out a way to win a game. This schedule, playing that many day or that many weeks in a row, and then you couple that with the fact that you guys had gone through a fall camp prior to that. You had a long stretch with kind of, as you mentioned there, without a break. Is that the first time in your career? Have you ever experienced anything like that before from a scheduling standpoint? No, I've never experienced. I mean, 26, 27 years, I've never experienced 10 straight weeks. I think um, I've been involved in seven or eight. You know, you've been playing seven or eight weeks straight, something like that. But um, it was hard. And it was more hard, even though we were beat up and banged up. Um, and it, it took a toll on us there at the very end. Um, mentally, it was tough. That was the biggest uh, thing, I think, for us is, you know, I think it showed up a little bit uh, probably the last four games of the season in the second half of games. Um we would play well in the first half. You could see us kind of peak in the first half. And then, you know, we just kind of would run out of juice in the second half. And it's um, it's hard when you don't get to hit that reset button, you know, sometime early in the year. I mean, you come out, you come out of camp, <clears throat> excuse me, you come out of camp and you start, you know, you start the season and, um, you know, you typically go four or five weeks and have a break during the season. And, it, and it's kind of like a reset. I mean, you kind of break the season up into – into two different parts. You got preseason, then you start playing games. And like I said, you may play three, four, five, and then you get a break. And you're like, okay, this is what we're good at. This is what we're not good at. These guys have got to get better for us to continue um, and try and get this thing figured out. We never really, you know, we never really had that. And it's it, it was hard. I mean, and I spent a lot of time last offseason uh, trying to figure out how to manage it, navigate us through it. It was, you know, I met with training staff, the strength staff. We met as coaching staff. I we, we traveled. I sent the strength staff to different places. I had the trainers go talk to different people. I went and talked to different people on how to handle it. I think we managed it about as well as we could. Uh, but it caught up to us. There's no question it caught up to us. So is that a conference issue? Uh, that's a this, conference. That's a conference scheduling issue. Is there anything that can be done about this going forward, whether it's you guys or somebody else, that this doesn't happen again? Besides uh, complaining about it all the time, I don't know. <laughs> you know, um, and it's like next year. Uh, you know, next year's a twelve-game season. Um, I think our open date comes after week three or four, which is fine. But I play two games in this league next year where we play two games back-to-back -back at the end where people have open dates and back-to-back -back weeks we're playing. And um, that's a competitive advantage that late in the season. And I've complained about it. And I get it. When you have a 12-game schedule, you're going to have probably two teams that have open dates before you play them. But it should never happen in back-to-back -back weeks ever, you know, especially late in the year. It should happen early and it should happen late. And uh, – I think a lot of times our league is worried about um, appeasing to others in other leagues more so than they're concerned about us. And because I know that's what happened last year with our schedule, some other leagues um, had to move some things around and all that. And we were, I'm, I'm sure we didn't fight it hard enough, you know, to take care of ourselves first. 
I want to ask you about a, a couple of players individually now for a second and, and give you a chance because uh, a couple of these guys have uh, – you've been through the wars with them. Uh, no one more so than, than Jay Person. Just his development from when you got here, when you saw him, to the, the player that he is today. Yeah, you know, I mean, I actually saw Jay um, in a 707 camp as a sophomore. Um, and I thought that guy's going to be a football player before he's all done, you know. Um, so we watched Jay for a long time when I was here before. And then I tried to recruit him at Georgia State. And he eventually went to App and was there for a year and had an opportunity to talk to him about it. <laughs> and he came back. And, you know, the first year we had him, uh, trying to figure out where he fit. You know, he was kind of still long and gangly, wasn't as big and as strong as he is now. Um, he played all over the place. He played inside backer for us. He played outside. Did a couple of different things for us that first year. And then that next spring, uh, you know, we got him. And we're like, all right, put him, put him at defensive end. Let's leave him there and let him go play. And, and just watching him uh, – developed that first year he just played he, he there's no technique no fundamentals I mean he was just out there running around playing as hard as he can and uh had a decent year but then you saw him commit to making himself a, a better football player he, he committed to learning the fundamentals the technique of that position and it took off you know he took off from there because he already had the playing hard part playing like you're supposed to play that was already part of his DNA and just watching that guy truly take to being coached and learning that position, trying to master his position was, was so impressive. And that's why he is where he is. That's why he finished up like he finished up. And um, he's a talented young man. Don't get me wrong, but he made a commitment to himself to be a better football player and it paid off for him. When you talk to, to scouts, when they come through town about Jay, what do they tell you? What do they like? And then what are the concerns? Well, I mean, you know, the biggest thing for him is just how he plays, and, you know, and his length. Um, it's going to be where he fits. The, you know, the concern is, is he's probably a 3-4 drop in in the NFL, outside backer, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it just – it's going to be – I mean, that narrows that narrows down the number of teams that, you know, he can legitimately go to um, or have a chance to be successful at. And that's the biggest thing is just where he fits for those guys because at that level he's kind of in between. Um, being a defensive end or being a, uh, you know, um, an outside, true outside linebacker. But he'll give himself an opportunity to get in camp somewhere. And then it, it's just, it's going to be a matter of the fit of where he's at at that point in time. I, I, there's a couple of these, these running backs that I, I wanted to ask about. Obviously, a limb, things did not happen for him the way I think everybody <laughs> would have wanted it to that that story should have a much better ending for a limb forward for what all that guy did while he was here than the way this season went but that group as a whole uh you know Gino played really well I think everybody's excited now after seeing a, a little bit of Reggie Davis and you know we saw some Chris Houston and Lance Jackson as well that running back group though as a whole uh, just your thoughts on kind of where that where that group is, and and obviously the impact that a limb has had since he's been here. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a good room. It's a good group of young men. Um, you know, disappointed a limb couldn't break the school rushing record. I mean, that was something he and I talked to talked about um, for a long time last year after the season was over. But 
he's done everything he could for this program. I mean, you know, that, that first year I got here, he was all we had. I mean, we had him and Bryce Nunley, and that was, that was it on offense. And, um, you know, uh, he put this football team on it. We won a game against East Tennessee State that first year because of him. I mean, that was, you know, that was, that was it. And um, won a lot of games just because of him. But, you know, he'll, he'll go on. He'll give himself an opportunity to play. Um, been a great ambassador for this university. Uh, has grown and um, excited to see what happens for him in the future, whatever, whatever happens for him in the future. But he's been a tremendous young man here. Gino's the same way. I mean, it's hard to talk guys into playing behind somebody anymore. Um, we'd have liked to have the opportunity to have both of them in the backfield a little more together, you know. Uh, but Gino's, Gino's what you want in a football player. I mean, he played, even though he wasn't a starting running back a bunch, um, he played every every special team, did anything you asked him. And then when he went in there, there was not a lot of drop-off. I mean, there wasn't. And I thought, you know, the last half of this year was pretty indicative of Gino Appleberry as a human being because of how he performed and how he always prepared himself to go be the guy and, and we needed him. And when we needed him, he was big for us. Uh, but that room as a whole, you know, with Reggie and Lance, and we're going to take a high school kid in this class and, you know, possibly get a transfer, an older guy to help out in that room a little bit. Um, I'm excited about it. I think we've got some good pieces in there. Uh, I think, you know, Malachi Jeffries is a redshirt freshman that we're going to see a lot in the spring and see what he can do. But I liked what he did when he was here during the fall. Um, so I'm excited about that group. You know, for us, it takes a bunch of them because of what we do offensively. You can't always have just one carry it the whole time because it's it's a it's a tough position because, you know, you get the handoff and all 11 people are trying to hit you, you know, and there's not a lot of space most of the time. So um, I am. I'm excited for it. I'm thankful what, for what how those two left that group, honestly. I mean, that's the biggest thing is how those two worked every day and worked their tails off. And I think they rubbed off on those young guys. And um, it'd be exciting to see, you know, what happens moving forward. I, I want to get to Chase in just a second. But, you know, I, I saw Luke Schomburg in, in fall camp, and I knew just by watching the kid that this this guy's pretty good. Uh, did it, Were you surprised at kind of being thrown into the fire the way he was? And, and look, there were times maybe – where it wasn't pretty necessarily, but but he was able to get the job done for you. Were you surprised at what you saw from him? You know, not really. I mean, you're surprised that he probably played as well as he did at times. But, you know, the biggest thing, and, and, and we tried, we wanted to this year during the season get Luke more reps because we knew it was going to be, you know, you always got to have two two guys ready. And um, I, I – Luke makes good decisions most of the time. You know, there's no – there's nothing like playing in a game to get better, you know, no matter what happens. Um, we thought he would do well in practice, you know, and, and honestly during fall camp it was close. It was a lot closer than what we thought it was going to be between him and Jace. And, and um, you know, I, I didn't – it didn't really surprise me. I was – we had good guys around him. And they had to help him, and I think they did. Um, but he, he's going to be a good football player. He's got a good head on his shoulders. I think Chase being here during the season helped him a bunch because Chase taught him how to watch film a little better 
how to, what things to look for. Chase is a smart young man, and um, I think that helped kind of push Lucas a little further um, along at that point in time, which helped us at the end of it, you know. Uh, I mean, look here. I mean, that kid started against Alabama and started two road playoff games, you know. So either way, Chattanooga got better just because of what that young man went through. All right, let's talk about Chase. When was the last time you actually felt like he was healthy? Because it became obvious, even when he was still on the field, that he wasn't 100%, I think. I mean, it, was the end, it was just the end of the Furman game. You knew something was bothering him. Yeah, I mean, it was, that, was, that was it. What is your thoughts on, on the quarterback situation now going into the spring? Well, I mean, Luke's going to get all the reps because we had surgery on Chase two weeks ago. So uh, we're going to go through spring practice floor. I mean, like we did last year, we'll probably start the first of February. So Chase will be throwing, but he can't get hit or anything like that. So Luke and, um, you know, Matthew Clemmer will get most of the reps and, and we'll go on from there. So what's the itinerary for you guys here over the next uh, couple of weeks? You talk about spring practice getting started and, um, early early part of February you've got some business to attend to between now and then what's it look like for you guys <laughs> yeah well we had player meetings on Monday um coaches went out on the road Monday night um we got recruiting visits uh this weekend coming up and next weekend as well we'll be all over the southeast and the midwest and all over the place <laughs> next week and a half until December 20th, and that's the first signing day, and then we'll reassess some things then. And uh, coaches will get a little break for Christmas. Um, you have an opportunity to bring some transfers in the first week of January for visits, transfers, and junior college kids. And then it all starts back up, uh, you know, second week of January. And then you go to the second signing day, and I think we're going to start spring practice. Uh, kids come back January 7th, I think, for, for – uh, the spring semester, we'll start work, winter workouts on the 8th. Uh, they'll start lifting and running on the 8th. And then uh, I think we're going to start spring ball the Monday before signing day. So we'll go three days a week all the way up until spring break. And then they'll come back after spring break, get back in the weight room. I thought that was very beneficial for us last year because uh, we were able to get back in the weight room for about six weeks and steal some time we don't typically get in there after spring practice. So I think that helped us uh, this year because our weights just continued to stay up most of the time during the year. We didn't lose a whole lot of body weight, which happens the longer you play during the season. And, um, you know, we've got to continue to get stronger. That's something we have to do. But uh, I think that was a huge, huge lift for us as the season wore on. We didn't wear down to a certain degree. Coach, as always, man, I uh, appreciate the time. Congratulations on a uh, on a good year, and uh, look looking looking forward already to getting uh, getting August here next year and, and getting this thing rolling again. We got a long time for August, Chris. Let's just. <laughs> I know, I know. You got a vacation or two you're trying to get in. I'm with I'm you. Just, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get you. to December twentieth first, and then I'll deal with whatever comes after that. But yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for the group we have back. I think we've got a. Uh, a lot of good kids in the building, a lot of good people in the building, and uh, they're good football players, but they're good people, and that's what's got me excited about moving forward. Coach, appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Thank you all. 
Thanks to Coach Wright for being with us this week. Thanks to you for joining us this week as well. Make sure you mash that subscribe button. And if you're an Apple Podcast user, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Mox on the Mic. It helps Mox fans find us, and it helps us be able to find more Mox fans. We hope you'll make plans to be with us again. For our producer, Tate Johnson, I'm Chris Goforth saying so long, everybody, and go Mox. Thanks for listening to Mox on the Mic. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review. And we'll see you again soon.